know, for a second, I thought you were this other guy. Mayfield? Hey, Ando. Long time. Hello and welcome to episode 29 of Force Time. My name is Travis and today I am here with... Kara is back. You can't get rid of me. Hello, it's me. (laughs) Again, back for episode 29. We are here to talk about The Believer, chapter 15 of The Mandalorian, written and directed by Rick Famuyiwa. But there are a couple things. So first, like, like always... Starting out all of our Mandalorian episodes, we do want to shout out the trans rights, our human rights. This is the way fundraiser that was set up by Candace Cobb, the Geeky Waffle, Maggie Lovett of the Star Wars Friends podcast, and Eric Eilerson of Utini podcast. And this has grown so much. I think when we first started talking about it, it was at 13,000 and they're mm-hmm. raising money for the transgender law center and it's over 18,000. So the original goal was 10 and then it went up to 15 and now it's 20. So we're trying to get them to 20,000 by the end of the season, which is next week, really by the end of the year. So there's some, some time, but yeah, if you can, we'll, we'll put all that in the show notes. If you can give that a share, give it any sort of money is always great, but yeah, definitely check that out. Next. Today is Friday, December 11th. <laughs> Yesterday was Thursday. Yesterday was a totally normal day where there where nothing happened and we all just, you know, lived as we usually do and we are somehow somehow still alive. We it, it's funny, especially the last couple of years these investor calls, right? There's always these investor calls that Everyone hypes up and Mm -hmm. you log into it and listen to it sometimes or you follow along on Twitter. It's normally nothing at all. Mm -hmm. (laughs) Two or three days ago, people started hyping this up like it was going to be a little bit bigger, like it wasn't just a call. And then yesterday during the day, Disney tweeted it out. Lucasfilm tweeted like everybody was tweeting it out like, hey, tune in because we have some things that are going to go down. And still, like I was pretty skeptical still at that moment because mm-hmm. we've been this with the investor calls. Like listen to Bob Iger like drone on about God knows what. Percentages <laughs> and yeah. <laughs> TPS reports. And, right. but, <laughs> so, so yesterday – it starts at 3.30 and, and they say it's going to go for four hours. And so it's, what is going on? And they, they start the presentation off with, okay, the first hour is going to be business presentations. And then the next two and a half hours or something like that was going to be right. content, you know, media content announcements. And they get into it right away pretty much and just drop this bomb that we have 10 new Star Wars projects going on that and that that set twitter instagram it set everything ablaze but then 
an hour later, Kathleen Kennedy is on our screen telling us. Exactly. So I'm going to read it off just real quick. Oh my God. Rogue Squadron, a new movie from Patty Jenkins, Mm -hmm. an untitled Taika Waititi film, Obi-Wan Kenobi, which we knew about, but the big news here was that Hayden Christensen, Hayden freaking Christensen is going to be back as Darth Vader. We're getting an Ahsoka Kara is holding up her. <laughs> this looks like Anakin, like a like that looks like Jesus in a picture. <laughs> it's a it's book. Like a it's, called, it's called The Rise and Fall of Darth Vader. It's like a kid's oh. book I got at Goodwill, but it's just got a great Anakin portrait on the front, that so cover. I just keep it on my shelf. That cover <laughs> is incredible. I've never seen that so picture. That's really that it looks like a book that you can pray to. It's Hayden Christensen is I think it must have come with some type of slip cover where he was with a Vader helmet and then you could take it uh, off. But when I got it at the Goodwill, it didn't have the slip cover, but that's really good. That's really good. I'll, so I'll good. post, I'll post the picture. So, so all the podcast listeners can see what we're yes. talking about. Please. Next we have an Ahsoka series from Dave Filoni, John Favreau, Rosario Dawson. Rangers of the New Republic, a new series, Filoni and Favreau again, and both of these are set within the timeline of The Mandalorian. We have Lando series from Justin Simeon, who created Dear White People and is a huge Star Wars fan. We have Andor, which we knew about, but now we know that it's coming in 2022, and we got a sizzle reel. And that it's called Andor. And that it's called Andor, yes. Very, uh, very original title, but it, at least we got it. So it's like... When Solo came out, it was like, you know, what's the big, what's the name going to be of this movie? They're like, oh, it's Solo. Oh, okay. yeah. <laughs> yeah. Andor. We had the Acolyte from Leslie Headland. So that's her project that they announced back on May the 4th. And uh-huh. this is a mystery thriller that is going to take us into a galaxy of shadowy secrets and emerging dark side powers in the final days of the High Republic era. So this is like taking us pre, way pre prequel era, which is the first anything that we're going to get we're going to get the high republic novels and comics and everything but this is going to be the first on-screen thing and that just sounds just so cool we have the bad batch animated series which starts in early 2021 and now we find out it's immediately after the clone wars so we're getting that we got a trailer uh then we have star wars visions which is anime which is really cool and it's 10 animated short films and that's from says it's offering a fresh and diverse cultural perspective to Star Wars uh, from several leading Japanese Japanese anime studios. And then the final one that they announce is a droid story, which is a Lucasfilm and ILM collaboration that is going to be a, a one-time thing, but it's a journey that follows a new droid that's with R2 and C-3PO. So, wow, all of this we get in an investor presentation and it was it was one where it was just one thing after another and i said it so i just recorded another podcast that actually comes out after this one but we talked about it but it's the same thing it was like last week in the mandalorian when the stormtroopers just kept coming and coming and then today with the pirates they just kept like coming and coming it's like they just they didn't let up and we had zero time to process it i think like all night last night it was just what like what just happened it's crazy it was it was insane i was telling you before we started i felt i felt like legitimately hung over today because it was just like it was so much information so little of it was expected and we had absolutely no time to process it and now we have chapter 15 so it's like 
can I breathe? Can I breathe? Like, I mean, <laughs> and we'll talk about that when we get into the episode, but yeah, I mean, that's just so much stuff. And, and I think what's like frustrating me and I say frustrating, but I don't really mean that. I think what's overwhelming me is that, and not to no fault of theirs probably is that there's not really, they haven't given like, like secure dates on these things. So I'm just like, what can you, I need to know, because look, I got zines, right? And like, <laughs> and like, if all, like, when is it, I, I just need like a rough month range that each thing is going to happen so I can start like preparing my materials. <laughs> like I have, I feel like before this happens, I have to make sure I read this. And then before this happens, I want to make sure I watch or rewatch this. And it's like, can I just need some type of timeline, but I mean, I'm sure it'll come slowly and you know, I w- it's just, yeah. Wow. It's a, it's a good problem to have as a star Wars. It's such a good problem. Like, creator, <laughs> like, podcaster and zine maker. And oh, yeah. it, it, they said at the very beginning that in the next few years. So mm-hmm. if all of this is really kind of like, we are going to be looking at a 2022, 2023 of, could be possibly Cassian, could be Obi-Wan, the Mandalorian's probably still going. That could be when Ahsoka and the Rangers of the Rangers of the New Republic. That was the other one. I don't think did I say that in my list? I, I don't know if I think did. that you did say yeah, that. Yeah. So there's just so much. It's hard to keep straight. <laughs> yeah, we could have, I mean, literally all that. And then plus these movies that they announced. And I I don't know. It's 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 insane. It's I I it's gonna take me a while to really uh, keep it all straight, I think. For real. And, yeah, it was it was it was fun though. It was a nice time to you know. It just felt like everyone was on the same page last night too. Everyone was just so excited because oh yeah, no matter what you like or dislike about Star Wars, there's truly in that list. If there's even one thing that got you excited, that's mm-hmm. exciting. Then that's exactly. almost that like just can't wait for literally any of it but there are you know certain things that people like more than the other like animation we're getting bad Mm. batch live action with some of the characters we know now and then we're also getting the feature films it's just there's something for everybody and it's for real it's so good it was was there one thing that that really shocked you or stood out or that you just can't stop thinking about i mean (laughs) all of it i mean okay so when i think of what stood out I don't know if this was like known, but in the cat in the Cassian in the Andor, I should say, in the Andor Sizzle reel, they showed that Diego Luna was also an executive producer. And I don't know if we knew that, but I'm very excited about that. I just really love him and I'm so happy to have like this series that has a Latin American star and executive producer is just so exciting. And the fact that Neil Scanlon is there on the set and like, that's a, that stands out. And then, I mean, obviously everything else, like I, uh, it's just like a big like tidal wave of WTF. But the other thing that really like got me excited, the more I thought about it today is the visions thing. And I'm not a huge like anime person, but the thing that I know people are kind of saying, maybe it'll be like this is the animatrix and I'm a huge fan of that. I loved the animatrix. I thought that was really weird and really like good weird though, you know, and like really cool. 
So the idea that it could maybe be something like that. And I know like so many of us have been talking, like when we talk about what we would like to see, I feel like something that comes up a lot is like animated shorts that are like really high quality and cool and different and tell like random stories. And that sounds like that could kind of be what that is. So that's definitely the one that I'm the most like, Hmm, like I want, I want to get into that. You know, what about you? I, it's, it's <laughs> hey, Cassian, when you were just talking about that, just watching that sizzle reel, Diego Luna just loves doing this. He loves being Cassian. He loves Star Wars. It's just, I, it's so cool to see that in, in, star, <clears throat> in the star of a show. And like you said, the executive producer, where he's just like bouncing off the wall with excitement and it just, I don't know. I'm, I'm that got me extra hype for that series totally. and seeing some of the, the artwork and everything for it. Just, uh, it's going to be so good. The other thing, rogue squadron with Patty. Oh King. my God. The, so they announce it and obviously that's super exciting, but then she releases her own like little sizzle reel of like her story and about how her dad used to be a pilot and yeah to tell a a pilot story and she can never find the right one and that whole thing just gave me goosebumps and so you can tell like the passion that she's bringing to it and being the first woman to direct a star wars movie like is such a huge deal and it's yeah that that one you know, if you told me there was going to be a movie called Rogue Squadron, it's kind of like The Mandalorian when it first came out. I'd be like, that's kind of cool. You know, I, I'm sure I'll love it. But then after seeing that and seeing how how pumped up she is about it. And then yeah. they also dropped in that it's going into the future of Star Wars eras. So that to me sounds like it's going to be right, like either right after the sequel trilogy or very soon after. And that'll be our first look at anything post sequel trilogy and i know like sequel trilogy is still very fresh on people's minds and mm. rising here and there in certain spots but i'm ready for that i want to see what happens next i you know we've talked about the rise of skywalker and and there's a lot of things that i could talk about with that but one sure. thing at walking out of the rise of skywalker i did want more that was the mm. thing i i don't know if that was because i wasn't fully satisfied <laughs> without it or if it was just like, I want to see what happens with Finn. And, you know, not that we're going to necessarily get any of that or any, right. but just that we're getting stories in that realm. You know, it feels like it could be, you know, the jumping off point for more post sequel trilogy stuff. So, yeah, but I, the one thing I can't get over is Hayden Christensen. I just, I, I love that guy so much. And I, I loved him in the prequels. I never, you know, Same. never, growing up i i didn't i wasn't exposed to the outside world of people like criticizing <laughs> the movies in my right. head that was he was awesome and so i've just i've always loved him and the fact that you know they had a little quote in there and they showed something to the actual like big time investors that they cut away mm-hmm. from but they had a quote in there about how he's just so excited to be back and just like ready yeah. to do it and just uh, i'm just so happy for him too Me you know too. And, the prequel trilogy actors, you know, some of, especially him, Ahmed Best, like they did not have an easy time after the se- after the prequels. And that has right. always like, broken my heart because I love them so much. And that mm-hmm. he's coming back. I just, I can't wait to see that first interview with him or the first behind the scenes shot of him and you and just. Oh my uh, God. 
I'm ready. I'm ready. It's for so it. true. And like, and, and when I think of Hayden, I think of, um, I guess it was at the 40th anniversary panel when he came back. And that was like the first time he, I think he'd been at an event in a really long time. And you could tell, I feel like you could tell that he was kind of surprised at how enthusiastic the reaction was to him and like how genuinely happy people were to see him. You know, I feel like, like he was just like, really like, Oh, okay, cool. Like, you know, and it was just so cool to have him there. And so to see that happen. And then I think he came to Chicago for photo ops. Right. And then like, so he's just like slowly been kind of coming back and, and it's just nice to see, like, you know, he, he was, he deserves, he, he deserves that shot at what, and at being a part of whatever this story is going to be, you know, like, could they do it without him? Sure. But I think that's going to add another element to it. That's just going to be exciting. You know, like it's just going to make it even more of a face melter and we're going to die. So yeah, you know, (laughs) yeah. And she called it, Catherine Kennedy called it the rematch of the century. And it's just like, what? Because I, what does that mean? There's so much speculation about, Oh, that'd be so cool if Darth Vader was in this series. But in my head, I was like, I don't, I don't see that, you know, because there's no reason that we would need that. You know, everything lined up between Revenge of the Sith and, you know, possibly that they hadn't seen each other. But like, I don't care right now. I I want them. I just I don't know. I I think that's going to be once we get some more footage or any mm-hmm. pictures behind the scenes, that the hype for that show is going to be ridiculous and they called it a special event series for disney plus and so it's going to be like a four part or five part it's basically going to be a movie you know Mm -hmm. and oh i it's it's gonna i think that one will once we get some more on it it's it's gonna be insane yeah i i need them to let us know what the date range is for that because i feel like we're gonna need to start mentally and emotionally preparing for that like six to yeah. eight months ahead of time at the least, you well, know, well, like at least we're going to be distracted by all this other stuff going on. Very true. So, very true. So we should have we'll be plenty, busy. Yeah, yeah. We need to keep our minds off of just like dreaming about Hayden Christensen. So <laughs> yeah, for real. I can't believe it. It's amazing. It's, it's wild. I, yeah, could probably go on. We could probably talk for like three hours on all this, but yeah. Hey, remember how there's a Mando episode? Like are. what? <laughs> A new Mandalorian episode today, and let's let's just get right into it. Like I said, it's called the Believer, and again, kind of like that post or that week of election episode that we got mm-hmm. with Frog Lady. It was very needed during that very stressful <laughs> week, and I felt the same way today. Like it wasn't it wasn't too heavy, and it wasn't you know, a bunch of new characters or this or that. It was kind of grounded. And mm-hmm. it, for me, it was like exactly what we needed after last night, after all that craziness. Oh, to like yeah. Take a step back, take a breath. And obviously there was a ton of action in this one too, but I think it was, it was yeah. just what we, what we needed today. Oh yeah. I could not have handled much more than that. That is for sure. <laughs> yeah. It, it was, it, we both we just talked about this right before we got on here, but it on the second watch it was it was so mm-hmm. good. I think that the dialogue and just the heaviness of it really mm. really 
in that second time. What were your what were your overall thoughts on this episode? Yeah, I mean, very that. The second watch was definitely like when I knew what I was looking for and I knew what parts I really wanted to zone in on. Definitely better on the second watch, but overall, um I think it's I think that it was it was it's funny cuz it had like those super actiony action action sequences. But I feel like there were also parts of it that were super cerebral, like in a way that was really just interesting to see. And um, and we'll get into it. But yeah, it's like that there was a lot going on, like kind of beneath very not like beneath the surface, but like just underneath the like top of the water. There was some stuff going on. It was really it was really interesting. And I feel like uh Rick is just really good at what he does as a director and as a writer. Cause he wrote this episode as well. And, and that's really interesting to, to note just based on the, the tone. And, and I think that you can tell from the prisoner episode from last season and from today's episode that him and Bill Burr just really work well together. They, they must like be pals or something. I don't know, but they, they have like a really cool, you know, like he really brings out the best in, in him, I think, in a way. And he knows how to use that character in the right ways. That's another way to put it. But yeah, overall, it was like, it was a lot to to process. There was also a lot of like, I was just writing down like all the names that they dropped and stuff. And then I was like, Wikipedia-ing everything. And that yeah. was kind of fun. So <laughs> there was a lot of that. There was Bill Burr was so good in this episode. He really nailed it, yeah. And I think you are right. Like Rick Rick Famuyiwa just gets that character and gets Bill mm-hmm. Burr. And like some of the jokes that were thrown in there were just perfect for him to say. Um, mm-hmm. Yeah, he he was he was so funny. And but at the same time, like you could really feel his pain, you know, in certain spots. Oh yeah. Where, oh, like this guy. Like I would have never have seen that coming. If, if you would have told me that we were getting the second to last episode of the season and it was mm. going to be Manfield and then going on this like kind of smaller scale little journey, I would have been like, really? That's the second, second to last episode. But for this season, I felt like it really made sense because we've got, you know, we got Bo-Katan, we got Ahsoka, we got, you know, Cobb Vanth, we got all these big Boba Fett, all these big names. And, and this one, it was nice to not have the weight of one of those characters. I don't want to say yeah. weighing it because I think all of these have been leading to the Mandalorian's character development, and he's been learning something from each of these characters along the way. But I felt mm-hmm. like this was the character that, you know, was, you know, he has a past relationship with him. Mm-hmm. And the fact that they're both seeing each other's other sides in this episode was like kind of mind-blowing how they how they worked that and yeah i i really hope that rick famawea is back next season and whether he brings mayfeld back or not like i he he's really you could tell this was just a different episode but it, real. i don't know there's just something something about it that you could just you could have feel that it was different it was heavy it yeah i don't know it was it was really good yeah, you know what it reminded me? I mean, this is so goofy, but in like a serious way, you know how there's always 
I feel like it's like a meme and it's like on shirts and stuff where it's a stormtrooper and it's like I had friends on that Death Star or whatever. But like that, but that's kind of real. And I feel like that's something that I've always thought about and that I've really, and, and a lot of us have dwelled on is like stormtroopers and imperial forces as people, you know? And that I think is a big theme in, is it Battlefront or something? Battlefront 2 or yeah. something like that? Yep. And it's like, it's just so interesting to take a look into that in this show and to see that kind of cause a change in Mando or to like see him kind of process that information. It's just like, yeah, it was very, it was a very interesting way to go with it. But I think it, I think it added a lot to the story of season two as a whole so far, at least, you know, so yeah. far there's only one episode left, but you know what I mean? <laughs> yeah. Yeah. That's which that in itself is crazy that we're already at uh, the yeah. end. But yeah, last like I said, last night, and it's coming out next week, but I had a discussion about some of the stories from, from a certain point of view, The Empire Strikes mm-hmm. Back. And a couple of the stories, the first actually, and the eighth story that we talked about were both mm-hmm. from points of view of people in the Empire that have realizations, you know, mm-hmm. that, oh my God, like I'm just a tool in all of this. Like I'm just a pawn, like I'm, I'm an, a nobody that they're just using to do all this terrible stuff and so you're right though we don't we don't see a ton of that you know obviously like finn was a stormtrooper sure we don't see his time as a stormtrooper we see him deal with that for three movies obviously but this this just felt different it just felt more i don't know it was I don't know. You just Bill Burnett. It was heavier. It was just, it was a lot heavier in a, in a really real way, you know? It got, it got into a little bit, maybe, I want to say more detail because, you know, there's a lot of stuff from the sequel trilogy that talked about Finn's past, but just the way, the way that the story was, was told and it, it kind of, at, at the very end, you, I, I didn't see it coming and we'll, we'll talk about the conversations that are had, but I, I didn't see, I didn't see Mayfeld going this way at all and you know and you know obviously way different than finn finn joins the resistance and mm-hmm. you know he's full-on but mayfeld's still kind of you know working working through some things but yeah it it was a lot it was it was really really good and yeah that that second watch was oh it was i don't know it's, it's hard to describe it just it was even sadder yeah. and and deeper i think for real yeah it was something about it i don't know it was a lot i'm excited for honestly i'm excited for a third watch of it at this point you know yeah i I think that that's probably one i'll revisit quite a bit is because you know it come especially coming off last week like last week was basically 30 minutes of action and go 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 yeah all this like awesome stuff which was so cool and i'm glad we Mm -hmm, saw that but I, i am glad you know boba fett is in this episode too, but I'm kind of glad he was just back to being like Boba Fett for an episode. And, and mm-hmm. it's, it's like, let's focus back on the Mandalorian and, and seeing this story. But yeah, let's, let's go ahead. Let's, let's start yeah, from let's the beginning. So, let's start with the opening scene. So we start on the Carthon chop fields, which like I said, last week is just a great star Wars name, but we start it really with, is. <laughs> like this really depressing, like prison labor camp. And it, it really, just from the beginning, it made me think of like, oh my God, what's going on with the new Republic? You know, like they have Mm. these prisoners out, you know, working on old 
tie fighters are like you know getting parts probably from them or something but it's like this big scary droid that has a new republic patch on him but he looks like an empire like mean and and he is you know it's like a an imprisonment like camp and it's just like what is going like is the new republic using like slave labor for this like what is going on you know and that i don't know it just it right from the beginning i just it, i don't know i it really i was like what really this is where he, i thought he's just gonna be in a prison you know like that was a lot yeah and and it was um it was very solo. It gave me a lot of solo vibes, which I really enjoyed. And I feel like there was so much in the background of the chop fields that was like really interesting. Like I want to go back and like do pausing and stuff and look at everything. I feel like I saw a moisture thing. Is that accurate? Do you know what I'm talking about? Yeah. For sure. Yeah. I'm pretty sure I saw one and like, yeah, it was it, I felt like, see, that's so funny that you say that you were like, wow, because I wrote, it seems slightly more humane. Hmm. I don't know, but I, maybe hmm. that's just like, I'm thinking of the empire as like, I don't know. I, I, I'm i trying to think of what I'm comparing it to. Like maybe when, when Jin was in the cell or something. And at least these guys were just kind of working. I, they didn't look like they were being like, tasered or whipped or anything you know it was just they were kind of doing and and like Mayfeld was like kind of annoyed with the droid when it came up to him like he didn't have to he wasn't like in any fear of being hurt he was just like what I'm busy you know so I don't know it seemed a little more humane to me but it also was still like the droid was very not New Republic-y I mean that was a very empirical looking droid for sure yeah, it was. It wasn't like they were surrounded by you know a hundred stormtroopers like pointing guns at them to do this. Mm-hmm. It was like kind of just like, but still, I was just i I wouldn't have I wouldn't have guessed that the New Republic would have you know a prison on at this type of place that's just like so dark and this droid that I don't. And he did have like the the little baton thing. He did, he, like, yeah. <laughs> yeah, I was like, whoa. So yeah, I and and then you know, we get more new Republic stuff at the end too, but I, that, you know, the way that plays in and just now thinking of Rangers of the new Republic, you know, that show, like what, what that's going to give us. So I don't know. It was a lot, but, but yeah, so they, they walk back to the ship and then Boba Fett is, is there walking out of the ship and you can see, yeah, you can see Mayfeld. Yeah. He he got a brand new paint job, like got it like all sanded down, looks looking really good. And, (laughs) looks up like scared for half a second and he's like ah he's like i thought you were some other guy for a second and then mando comes out like and his his theme plays at that point and then he's like oh no like you can see he's he's total totally scared but yeah this is basically where they tell mayfield what what they're gonna do and it's funny the second episode in a row where they're like they have the kid and Mm -hmm. It's like, oh, they got your little green guy, you know? And yeah, then they tell him we have to get, you know, you're ex-Imperial, so you have this information. And you can see the look on his face. And I didn't really catch it the first time, but when they mm-hmm. said, you know, you're Imperial and that they're going to be doing something that has to do with the Empire, that he was like totally freaked out, like right mm-hmm. away. That look too, I don't know if you caught it. He looks back at the prison and then he looks back to the ship. And he's like, oh man, should I stay here? Or should I, you know, and it was... Yeah. 
Yeah, and and uh, I feel, and when they get on the the sleeve, uh, and they're go, they're leaving, and Kara mentions Moff Gideon by name. He's like, "Uh, yeah, no, I'm good, thanks. Uh, you can just drop me back off again." But I feel like also this happens a couple times in this episode. Is they're referring to Grogu for the first time as his kid, uh, yeah, not the kid. They say the kid, but they also say his kid yeah or they say your kid instead of the kid and it's like it's just slowly changing and i mean obviously we'll get into that and he doesn't he doesn't correct them either it's like that's that's my kid no yeah he doesn't yeah yeah it's it's a lot and also i i guess this is something we can talk about throughout but like i wrote down (laughs) i wrote down who is the believer is it me so, like, yeah. so yeah. what does the like what does the believer mean? I mean, maybe that does come up later. Is it? I, is it Mayfeld? It, so I took it, and it took yeah, me a coming. while. I took it as the Mandalorian because we get so much with his creed and his taking off mm. the helmet and him slowly like throughout this season learning more and more and more and Mm. once he gets to that point towards the end of the episode where he just takes off the helmet that is where he just kind of looks around and it's like they didn't make a huge deal about it you know it was almost Mm. like i don't think that he's done that before but at the same time he's like who's gonna find out like the armor is not here you know and like i need Mm. to do this mission so i'm gonna do it and so that's how I took it, but it could be Mayfeld too, because of how he ends up at the end, you know, where, it, yeah, I don't know. It it was the uh, believer. Yeah. It's definitely us for sure. It's me. <laughs> it's definitely us. Yeah. Yeah. The daydream was, believer. It's yeah. I'll be, I'll be, I'll be thinking of, yeah, it wasn't, it definitely wasn't as straightforward as the Jedi. Like that's Ahsoka with, there's no other Jedi right. or one like a Jedi, even though you can debate like the whole, I don't know, Jedi thing, but it was her. Right. Yeah. And then just throughout the titles have been pretty straightforward, but this one does kind of leave it up to like, huh, I wonder how that's going to come. You know, when we, when we're two seasons down the road, how we're going to look at this episode mm-hmm. and see like, okay, was that, was that the true turning point? for the Mandalorian because yeah, just everything we get with him and Mayfeld throughout this episode is, is really good. Fascinating. Yeah. So anyway, let's keep going because my brain hurt. (laughs) (laughs) So they're on the ship. And before we get too far, like when they get on the slave one, we get that interior shot of the slave one where it's like moving behind them. Oh my God. And it felt like a kind of like either a roller coaster or like a virtual ride that you get on. But that seeing the inside of the slave one was just, it was so cool how they, they did that in the background. So dope. You could see yeah. they were, you know, going up and the way, the way the slave one works in general as a ship, like I still don't have it completely figured out how the cockpit yeah. works and like how it goes from side to side, but it's, it's really cool. All the movements of it and even how it just how it flies was like incredible. It was so cool. It was so cool. It was good. So this is where they have to decide who's going in with Mayfeld. And mm. this is where things start to turn for Mando because Mayfeld tells him, like, 
anybody that's on the ISB list, basically, if you go in mm-hmm. and trip their security and we'll get found out and we'll all be on. And this is kind of what we, we had talked about last, last week that you brought up and I saw it kind of floating around throughout the week of how it was going to come into play of them sneaking into wherever they sneak into. Mm-hmm. So I, I really do love uh, Mayfeld's line where he's like, Hey buddy, he's like, I, I might be good at fast, at fast talking, but I don't think I can explain away a guy in a man <laughs> suit to Imperial guards. It's like, hey, and, yeah, seriously. And honestly, Boba Fett's line when he says, let's just say they might recognize my face yeah. might go down as one of the best moments of my life. I just like, like I yelled when he said that I was like, Whoa! <laughs> just like screamed. Was- just like anytime that anybody's gonna acknowledge the clones near or around Boba mm-hmm. Fett is like I'm dead. Yeah. So like yeah. when he said that, it was like Whoa! that was, was so such good. A good line. And I think that that went over some people's heads too because it's like oh, because it's Boba Fett because he's famous. like no, like he looks <laughs> like literally every clone trooper to ever exist. Oh my god, be still my heart. That was like so good. That that might go down as the best line to come out of the Mandalorian. It was that was that was really let's just say they might recognize my face. (laughs) Yeah. Oh yeah. Put it on a t-shirt. Exactly. Just Boba Fett in the front and then all the clones behind him without their helmets on. Yeah. Uh, that was good. But anyway, so- yeah, that was amazing. And yeah, it, it was fun. Like a- as it started to happen, I was like, like he's gonna he's gonna do it. I and I like you said last week, I, I had that that thought of like he's the only one who they don't know his face or whatever, you know. So is that gonna come into play? And and obviously, yeah, it did. Yeah, and I've been I've been yelling about it since this summer that the helmet's coming off it's coming off it's coming off and yeah once they once it was like no i have to go in it's like it's mm-hmm. like it's on so they so they go down they take over this transport this em- empire's you know transport and this is where he makes his costume change and <laughs> this was really funny especially on the, that second watch to watch him interact and walk and move in he's this. just so sad. He's so sad. He's so he's sad. Like, and <laughs> he just he gets this stormtrooper, which it's a really cool, like new stormtrooper that I don't think we've seen. But he gets on this this new uniform, and Mayfeld just is railing him, just making fun of him from the get go. He's like, "Oh, what a shame! Like, what would they say on Mandalore?" <laughs> like, all that was stuff. so good. <laughs> and you can just tell right from the beginning just how he walks that he's used to wearing a lot heavier you know set of armor it's like when you you know I, I think about like high school basketball practice when we would have to like run stairs with ankle weights on mm. and it's mm-hmm. like you run stairs with ankle weights for five minutes and then you feel like you can just run like the wind you know because it's right. like all that weight is off my legs i feel like that was him this entire episode where he was just like all that weight so he's like he's just awkwardly moving the entire the entire episode it's just so and like good. even Car- even Cara Dune was just like, I'm sorry. Yeah. <laughs> like, I wish no. I could say you look good, but yeah, you, you really you don't. Just, it, it was really yeah. like Bob Vance in, in chapter nine. Where it's like, <laughs> you, you don't look 
very good in that armor like you yeah just go ahead and- it was really funny but yeah that that was so but it was so and it's such a testament to pedro and latif and brendan wayne that you could still tell that it was mando even yeah. though he was in this different outfit like you could tell it was him just by the way that he was moving you know and you could still tell that he was feeling things like i don't know if i was just like putting that in there because I knew, but like, I feel like you could tell and you could still understand what he was feeling, even though he's in a totally different outfit and we never see his face. Amazing. Just great. Yeah. Good, 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 good stuff. It, it was really good. And the whole time just Mayfeld badgering Mando, just making fun. He's like, how's it feel? Huh? He's like, I mean, come on, man. Like, at least you still get to wear a helmet, you know? Like, is that okay? <laughs> yeah. I wrote that down. I wrote that he like, he loves like poking at him. And I think it's like, it's that thing of like when somebody really wants to get a rise out of you, you know? And like, I think he knows that he can get a rise out of Mando. Like, I think that he's done it before. And so he's just like, just like poke, 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 you know? (laughs) And that was, yeah, that was really funny and good. Just a good dynamic, you know. Bobo was a perfect guy for that too, because he's just he's so like Boston accent. Like, come on, man! Like, just take the. Wait, you know what? You know what else I was thinking was, like, obviously we know this from last season, but like Boston accents are are canon. And then Kenobi was going to be filming in Boston. (laughs) Yeah, everyone thought for like a week. Everyone thought it was going to be filming in Boston, Massachusetts, and that was. I saw. Oh, it's actually Boston, England. Somebody tweeted like, "What are they gonna like? Is Kenobi gonna go to Duncan or something?" Yeah. <laughs> and then when it came out that it was Boston, England, everybody was like, "Yeah, that makes a lot of sense." <laughs> it really. That, but anyway, that think of road trip too, where they're like, "Yeah, we're going to uh, Austin, Austin, Massachusetts," and they're like, "Boston? You mean Boston?" He's like. Yeah, that's it. But he's clearly like it's actually Austin. So I I thought that when yeah the whole Boston Massachusetts versus hilarious and, and Charlotte from Sky Talkers tweeted out because she she lives in Boston but right like wow I should have known like everything in New England was named after actual England <laughs> just like exactly I didn't even think of it but it's like Boston England <laughs> that makes so much more sense doesn't it Well okay anyway. <laughs> Yeah, but <laughs> back, back to Mando. So this, when he took off his suit and put on the other suit, that's when I felt he broke his creed because I, you know, mm-hmm. space, obviously that's like that's kind of what's been taken, but I felt like that was actually the moment where it was like, and, and Mayfeld even brings it up a little bit later where he's like, so what is it, man? Like, is it your face or is it the helmet or, you know, like, mm. And the Mandalorian's not going to answer him. But then they're driving through. They see some, like, blown-up carnage. So you, you know that, like, bad times are ahead. But then they also drive through this village. And the Mandalorian has this, like, little moment with these kids that are, mm. that are out there. And during this time, too, this is where Mayfeld's giving his New Republic, the Empire. Like, it's all the same to these people out here. Like, it, it doesn't matter. And that moment where he makes eye contact in the stormtrooper uniform with that kid, I felt yeah. like that was him looking at his childhood and like how mm-hmm. he, 
of things too, looking at that. And even if he was that kid looking at the Mandalorians and being like, what's up with them? Like they're, they're just, they're just part of all of this too. You know, they're yeah, I totally having, agree. Having wars and like doing all this stuff. Like it's, it is, it's all, it's different, but it's the same. Yeah. I think that's definitely what that moment was. I think he definitely saw himself in that kid in that moment. And then Mayfeld having that kind of like DJ vibes moment of like, you know, don't join that type type of thing was very, it's really, because I feel like that's a part of star Wars that that's kind of something you come to naturally when you start digging deeper, like, yeah, it's the good, good guys versus the bad guys. And that's it, you know, but like, it's a galaxy filled with, however many civilizations and whatever and places and stuff. And, and I feel like you see that so much in the novels, like this episode kind of gave me novelization vibes, you know, like that kind of thing, because it's like, that's when you start to see that there's like, Oh, there's just people who are like, just trying to live their lives, you know? And to them, it's kind of all the same. And that, yeah, that was again, not something that I expected to see today, but it was, really cool uh, it's it's kind of that lesson too that we got in rogue one with cassian i mean now that we've mm-hmm. talked about cassian but like he did some pretty shady stuff to get the info that he needed like he he wasn't proud of everything that he did but he did it for the right reason in the end and it also right. really made me think of the clone wars with the martez sisters where they tell mm-hmm. the story like yeah, the Jedi came in and like had this huge fight and our parents got killed and they were just like, well, better luck next time. You know, may the force be with you. Like, see ya. Yeah. It's like they were on to the next thing and didn't help the Martez sisters out. Like it was just done. So yeah, it's, I don't know. I, and I think that's why I really love DJ so much in the last Jedi. Cause it makes you think of that. Like, oh yeah, they are all making like huge war weapons, like X-Wings, TIE Fighters they're both killing people and blowing stuff up, you know? And yeah, yeah, it was, yeah, it was deep. It was deep. It was very deep. It is. And it's like, and it's complex. So sometimes it's like hard to think about because you, it's like you almost, I feel like you kind of gut, like sometimes your gut reflex can be like, but I just want it to be good guys and bad guys. And I don't want it to be more complex than that. But then it's, yeah, it's, it's really cool to think about. Yeah. And like Din, Jaren, he never had a chance. You know, mm-hmm. he was he was a foundling. Like he was indoctrinated into the Mandalore way. And that's that's what Mayfeld's line is like, you grew up on Mandalore, you believe one thing. Someone else you know, grew up on Alderaan, they believe another another thing, but it's like neither of those exist anymore. Like Mandalore's wrecked, Alderaan's mm-hmm. literally completely gone. <laughs> yeah, you know, uh, Alderaan, but so it's like they're they're both gone and then you know he says i'm just a survivor you know just like you and then that's when the mandalorian's like let me get this straight like we're not we're not the same and that's that's what mayfell's like you know i i I know what happens with you know the rules start to bend the more desperate Mm -hmm. you get and then we see that with the mandalorian already taking off his armor like he's already bending his own rules and exactly to me like yeah what would they say on mandalore like what would the children of the watch or the armor say if they saw him do that like you know what's more and i think 
Yeah, and I think that's interesting for when he says, like, you and, like, let's get one thing straight, you and me, there's nothing the same about us. But then I think in the, the scene, which we're coming up to, he realizes, like, maybe there is a lot more similar about us than I thought, you know? Yeah, it's, yeah. Yeah. So at this point in the episode, this is where things get action heavy. And again, it mm-hmm. felt very solo, but this is where the pirates attack and we mm-hmm. get this like it's not a heist because they're not trying to take anything they're just trying to blow it up but this mm-hmm. whole sequence was was so fun and just so cool to watch it was intense that our old friend like blast point says our old fl- friend explosions made some because <laughs> they see like as they're driving on the road they see the explosions in the front and they hear this chatter on the com where it's like oh my god get out of here and it's like you see the explosions up front and like they don't have a choice at this point you know and i think yeah. the, one of the officers is like just you know stay steady on your course and mayfeld's like steady like what is she talking about like how is <laughs> what do you mean steady <laughs> mayfeld just and also the I looked up the um, the element or what they were mining, the Rhydonium. It's uh, defined as like it's a volatile starship fuel. So that was really interesting. But the other thing that it said about it, that maybe this is, co- again, I look up these things and I'm like, oh, wow. And then I'm like, this is probably common knowledge and I'm an idiot. But they uh, found it on Jakku. Like it, the the ships that crashed on Jakku leaked uh, Rhydonium into the desert. I wonder that was just interesting. I wonder if that was in lost stars because there's a a mention of Jakku there too, but that's maybe, yeah, it said it was in the, um, the visual dictionary that I think it's like, uh, it was hard to scavenge in those ships sometimes because Rhydonium is like really, really uh, like, can damage your skin like right away basically um it's really harmful to flesh i don't know yeah but that was cool so who knows why they were looking for that maybe they were gonna save it for aftermath book three or whatever (laughs) yeah that's that is really it it really made me think of coaxium Mm -hmm. this whole sequence of them like having to drive slow and like not shoot it or anything, you know, like it, it totally. felt like that whole coaxium thing where it's like, don't drop the coaxium. Cause like things will blow up. So yeah, yeah. it and this whole, this whole sequence felt like the train heist and solo to where they're just like jumping back and forth and the Mandalorians up there, like doing all these awesome martial arts moves. And the, the thing that really stood out to me with the Mandalorian in this armor was that first he, it looks awkward trying to move in it, which, really is, does. which is so good. But he also, there's a couple shots right away where he gets hit on the armor where he like tries to block. And when he tries to block, like he gets knocked way down where he's not used to getting knocked way down when he has his best. Totally. Like he's doing all his normal, like Mandalorian moves, but it's not the same without that Beskar. So just those little details were, were impressive. Yeah, and like when he gets back into the transport, and he's just he, he, it, the captions are like he groans because he's just like, "Ow!" Yeah. <laughs> I like that. Yes. So from there, they they finally make it to the base, and the part about this is that the Tie Fighters come in and like save the day, and it 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 makes me it still makes me feel weird. You know, mm-hmm. and when Mayfeld's like, "Woo!" Like, yeah, like the the Tie Fighters came in and like 
killed all these pirates. It just, it was, it was very weird. And even, I guess before that though, the pirates, they were trying to, I, I felt like these, and I should have looked it up, but they looked like the pirates from chapter one that like were holding Grogu, but a lot of like pirate type aliens kind of have that same look. But I'm, I'm yeah. I kind of, I would just wonder what their deal is too, because they're just trying to blow everything up. Like, was it their land, and that the empire's there? They're trying to get the empire off of their land, you know. And then does that, you know, make you feel even weirder about the Mandalorian and everyone like taking out and just blowing up all these pirates? Were they pirates? Were they? Who knows? Yeah, and that's the thing is like we're calling them pirates. That's just the word that Mando used. Like he's the one that said pirates and I, I don't know. Maybe he just assumed that that's what it was, but I feel like he probably had a moment of conflict when he realized they weren't trying to take it, that they were just trying to destroy it. Cause he says like, they're not, they're trying to, they just want to destroy it. And like that, that was probably like a weird moment for him. And yeah, it was, Seeing when they pull in and you see like happy stormtroopers and like happy Imperial troops, like that was very weird. Like, I don't know why it just felt like wrong, but also you're, it's like good because you're like, Oh, well their plan is working, I guess. But it was creepy. It just felt creepy. (laughs) It was, you don't, you don't see that with storm. You don't see that kind of emotion with stormtroopers and them cheering. You see that from the rebels all the time. I mean, just thinking about the last Jedi when they take out the uh, the dreadnought and all the rebels in the background are like, yeah, you know, mm-hmm. and you get that throughout Star Wars on that side. But yeah, they're like cheering for them. And like, if you had the subtitles on when they're walking into the base, they're like, wow, can't believe they pulled that off, you know, in the yeah. background. <laughs> which is just so funny that those little lines that you probably wouldn't hear if you, you know, or know about exactly. the subtitles on. It's like, wow, like those guys are awesome. <laughs> like, just. <laughs> Those those guys are awesome. Yeah. Just, <laughs> Why didn't they call us to do it? Yeah. Like, exactly. For the, the I would have gladly thrown in some some lines like that. So now's the moment <laughs> of truth, right? They walk in, they find this like someone compared it to an ATM. It's the internal it's an internal imperial terminal. Internal imperial terminal terminal so it's basically the space atm where they can get this information <laughs> so right. <laughs> that that as a star wars term is really good because it, it reminds me of carrie fisher talking about how hard that line was about you know when she's giving r2 the message like that yeah. that entire line that she has so i'm i'm guessing that was a very hard line to to say but they have to get this mayfeld walks in sees his old captain or boss or whatever valen hess and he's like i like i can't go in there you know i i can't do mm-hmm. if he recognizes me like it's done and he's like we gotta abort the mission because this thing you has to scan a face mm-hmm. has to scan a face to get into this thing that we need for the coordinates and no hesitation the mandalorian again and he shows this throughout when it has to do with doing the right thing or finding Grogu he he doesn't hesitate he's like no I'll do it and he said he said the sentence I'll lose the kid forever yeah that that gave me goosebumps so sad I'll lose the kid forever yeah and at that point because that's not saying like that's not even putting it in 
the in the frame of like the kid could be hurt or something could happen to him it's i'll lose him you know so it's like it was so personal to him in that moment that was yeah and and just his willingness to do absolutely anything including the one thing that he really don't want to do he does not want to do that although we all want him to because of what his face looks like but that's a different story but (laughs) but the fact that he was like willing to do it yeah i mean it's it's incredible it's incredible and when you know that that whole scene like even before he took the mask off was probably actually pedro and you can kind of know pretty much for sure at least you know probably that most of that helmeted action was probably him it just gives even more credit to those stunt guys and to him and how they've matched up that physical performance and it's just it's really something something else but anyway he takes the helmet off and i I was screaming that's the moment and i thought i really thought that when he was fighting the pirates on top of that transport, it looked like one was about to take it off when they were fighting. Mm-hmm. I thought it was coming off then and that the helmet was going to get thrown and he was just going to be without it for the rest of the time. Didn't happen. No, then. it had to be a choice. It had to be a choice. Yes. And so he walks up, he does try it first with the helmet still on. <laughs> and it like, you can see it scan the helmet. It's like access denied, you know, like we got to And So again, it, not a huge moment. Like there wasn't a lot of buildup. He just took it off. It was, it was the thing to do. Like it, if this was the armor or if this Mm. someone, even, you know, the Vizsla brother that we see, like these hardcore, like if it was any other children of the watch go by the creed, I don't, I, I, it would have to be a huge moment. Right. But I think with Din, Mm. it's like, it's about the kid. And he had that line that you said, you know, I'll lose him forever. It, it, it's not a big moment to him. Like it's the only thing to do. And so I, yeah. that's why I was like, it, there wasn't a big buildup music, like a little bit of a music cue before, but it wasn't, I mean, it was, he just did it and he just had it off and, it, and that's how it was. And I think that was uh, such an interesting choice that they didn't build it up. You know, I mean, mm. it's kind of build, been building <laughs> to it for 15 episodes now. Yeah. <laughs> uh, it, in that moment, it was just, it was just another thing. Yeah, I mean, the fact that this time it was because you you compare it to the last time where he was in literal mortal peril. It was the only way IG-11 still had to talk him into it because he's a doofus. And then for so for this time for it to be so clearly a choice, like, I mean, I guess there wasn't really an option. But if he really didn't want to take it off, you know, like he he could have tried to find another way or like let's but but he he really made that conscious like i feel like it was such a conscious decision for him and yeah i mean it was something it was really something and then the i just i could watch that scene a million times because not only again does he look like that and i also just like love pedro as a person like whatever but the voice and to hear the voice so clearly after hearing it helmeted for so many episodes but it matched like perfectly and it isn't that isn't really what Pedro's voice sounds like but it's not he's not doing like he's not doing like a quirky voice it's just that 
it's it's so much of the character in the voice and i feel like that showed so much in this episode even though he didn't really say much because he was freaking out but you could you could just oh it was just so so good i mean he had to feel just completely naked without his mask talking to people he's never done that that we know he was freaked he you were. could tell he was freaked too like it, it was like a uh, deer in the headlights when you know val and hess comes up to him and like starts asking him the question he's like what do i do with my face <laughs> like what <laughs> do i smile like what do what do people do i don't know i've never done this before like <laughs> do, do i flare my do? do i flare my nostrils like when i'm mad i don't know you know he's never had to worry about this but yeah yes. so val and hess comes up to him and this is really funny and it goes to show how little he knows about the galaxy too, which is kind of sad because he's obviously been somewhat sheltered, but he's like, what's, what's your designation? And Mando's like transport crew. <laughs> he's like, no, what's your, what's your designation? She's like uh transport co-pilot. This <laughs> is like, that's not any better. Like, why do you think? And so, so he, he just he clearly you know he's just a simple dude making his way through the galaxy like but also what's so funny is like we've seen him think on his feet before like we've seen him think on his feet and and be able to kind of improvise when he has to so the fact that he was so shaken it just is so clear that taking that helmet off just messes him up like he was like not prepared for that and like I feel like somebody looking him in the eyes in, in his eyes, eyes and not his helmet eyes and asking him a question like, and he had to respect that, like freaked him out. Like he just couldn't think straight, Yeah, you know, like totally understand. wild. Yeah. <laughs> and then Mayfeld comes in with the save and oh my God, uh, he says, you know, you're going to have to talk a little bit louder. Like he had an accident back in, you know, whatever battle. And so Tainab, yeah. which I looked up and was originally supposed to be a really prominent location in solo and Dryden Voss's lair was going to be there, but then they kind of scrapped it. But I think Lando mentions it. He's like, at some point, Land- I don't know if it's in Solo or at some other point, but Lando says like, oh, they must have heard about my maneuver on Tainab or something. I don't know. But anyway, I looked it up. It was cool. I love that. <laughs> I love that. I highly encourage you to Google all the names. I, I feel like I have to do that because there's so, like, even Morak. I was like, what's, I've, I, Morak's probably come up before, you know, or just like. like that's got to be a thing, right? I mean, <laughs> anything they bring up, I'm like, I'm sure there's a whole Wikipedia entry or a book or whatever. Exactly. So. <laughs> Mayfeld comes in with the save, says that, and then the guy yells it, and man, he's like, what's your name? Like, yells it at him, and the little smirk, like, there's a tiniest smirk on Din's face and Mayfeld, where they both kind of, like, try not to laugh, because this dude, oh my like, God. what's your name, sir? And and then Mayfeld just poking at the bear, like, no one's seen him without his helmet, Mando doesn't want and, he, and, and Mayfeld goes straight for the eyes and just like looks into his eyes, brown eyes. And he's like, yeah, this is, we call him, we call him little brown eyes, you know? <laughs> and the guy's like, well, let's get a drink, brown eyes. <laughs> it's just like poking an open wound. You know, with- I swear I feel. I swear, I swear, I feel like Pedro was probably like, people are going to call me that now, aren't they? <laughs> like- <laughs> 
<laughs> it was just too good. It was, it was so good. Uh, nice. But yeah, I, I just, the extra, you know, about describing his face in front of it, like, I, he, Mayfield just knows how to, like, push those buttons. For real. But he was, but it was like, it was funny to have, like, a moment of kind of humor in a, in a moment that is so intense, like, so, so suspenseful this whole scene so to have that little like funny thing was like really good (laughs) yeah yeah for sure especially so right after that this is where things get extra heavy for mayfeld especially Mm -hmm. so they get a drink and you know the guy's like oh should we toast to freedom you know should we toast to this that and mayfeld brings up operation cinder which that one, mm-hmm. I was like, ah, I know that one. I have Battlefront too. Like, I know what that is. <laughs> Part of the Emperor's contingency plan where they're just like, Emperor's gone. We need to wipe everything out. Start anew. Like, we need to take care of everything. And so this is where Mayfeld brings up that he served at Burnin Khan. And mm. Valen Hess, you know, is like, I had to make a lot of tough decisions that day. Un- unpleasant decisions, I guess, is how he how he put it, which is really creepy. And Very. This is where Mayfeld just, he keeps pushing, you know, and he keeps just, like, bringing it up, and the, the tension just builds from there. And, you know, he's like, entire city gone. You know, we lost mm-hmm. five, 10,000 people. And this is where Valen Hess is like, all heroes of the Empire. And he's like, yeah, they're all dead, which... Last Jedi, Last Jedi, and and like, like I talk about every episode, I can take everything, but that was like direct, almost that was Leia, yeah, Leia, where you oppose like they were all heroes of the you know the resistance. She like dead heroes. It's like ooh, that's that's big. So the fact that Mayfeld like calls out this guy and is just like pushing him and pushing him and pushing him was just that whole moment was so tense for real. And he and he's. He's like, was it good for the people who died, their families, like these poor people that were just trying to defend their homes and fight for freedom? And then Valen has has the creepy line. He says, but we outlasted them all. And it's like, oh, just the worst type. And this guy, I don't know who he is. I should have looked it up. But this guy is the perfect, you know, they've had, they're, they're casting with Empire folks this season has been just spot on. Always good. This guy, yeah. He was he was so creepy for real and he then, was special <laughs> yeah and then he says this is where we get more new republic nuggets which i i don't know whether to believe him or not in this moment but he says the new republic is in disarray and we mm. are stronger so in him mm-hmm. you know but what we've seen is that like the new republic kind of has their stuff together in in my like they still have a ways to go obviously and like we know how it ends up but what did you take away from that line about about the New Republic being in disarray? I mean, it's so hard to say because it's like the Empire is not even supposed to be a thing right now. And I think I was just so dis I was so distracted by the performances that were happening from all three of the people at the table, honestly. Like it was really it was really blowing me away. I feel like Mayfeld probably didn't ever think he would have a chance to speak to maybe not this guy specifically, but to, to someone who, who was in charge during that, during his service. Like, I feel like he probably never thought he was going to have that opportunity. And then when he had it, he just 
snap. And I feel like it was, there was it I, like PTSD is a thing. And, and like, I feel like he had a real, a real moment there. And I want to just point out, I don't want to go back to talking about Pedro, but also, yes, I do. But also, no, I don't. But uh, my pal Laurel, they sent me a tweet that uh, was a clip from Reddit from the Reddit user Jay Blitzen. But they were it was like a paragraph where they were pointing out the way that Pedro is moving his head in the scene. It's as if he still has the helmet on. And it's like it's so slight but it's such good direction and such good performance like on the part of Rick and of Pedro that like the, the part where, where um, Mayfeld kind of starts to to lose it and to start push pushing too hard. Like that would be something that he could kind of like just look out of the corner of his eye. But because I feel like he's still in helmet mode, he kind of turns his whole head, you know? And like, you can just tell just from his head movements that he's, He's not used to being able to see, to like connect with people out of his periphery. Like, even though maybe he can see things out of his periphery, like he does, like if he was trying to look at someone on his side, they wouldn't know he was looking at them. So in order for them to know that he's looking at them, he has to turn his whole head. So that was just like, I was super distracted by that. And then also just the emotion that Mayfeld was expressing in that moment was like, super intense and and you could see you could really really feel what he was feeling and it's more of that like super complicated stuff that we were talking about from before and then yeah the stuff that this that this empire guy is saying about how they want to put everything in disarray so that everyone will turn to them again i feel like that's something in the few books that i've read i feel like that's a sentiment that comes up a lot in the novels there's one that I read where that was very much a thing of like trying to get people to turn to them because it's kind of the only way. So that was, yeah, that was really interesting. And that's like, you know, they've been saying since the beginning that this is going to show the start of the first order. And that whole speech from that guy was very, very that. Yeah. He says that with this Rhydonium that, what they're going to do with it is going to be bigger than burning con. And that's when Mayfeld, like his face just changes. Mm-hmm. And it just, he like kind of breathes, starts breathing a little bit heavy. And it is kind of like, like a PTSD thing where it's like, he starts having a physical, like a visceral reaction to him saying that. And then we do, we even get the line where he says, but what they want really want is order you know, when that disarray happens, what they really want is order. It's like first order. <laughs> like literally it's, yeah. it's like the Leo, I talk about all the time, the Leo DiCaprio meme where he points at the screen, like the order, that's order. the first order. <laughs> like that's, that's where this is going. But yeah. And then he says what they want is order to the empire. And that's where Mayfeld takes him out. And the look, you have to think from his point of view, like he probably figured he was just going to go back to jail anyway. So he's like, who cares? Like, like I can't, I can't live the rest of whatever life I'm going to have, even if it is in prison, knowing that I just left this and, and that it's going to happen. What happened to me and to my friends and to the people that I served with is going to happen again. You know, like that was, that was a really big moment for him. And I think seeing, I think, I mean, maybe I'm putting this emotion on it, but I feel like Mando could understand that it wasn't just him being like, 
wild Mayfeld just wants to shoot people. Like, I feel like Mando really understood that it was way more than that, you know? Oh, he did for sure. And I, I couldn't, the whole time Pedro Pascal was on screen, I couldn't take my eyes off his face because we just haven't seen it. And so just like watching every expression, you're right, like the movements and just stuff. He kind of just looks like a robot, you know, like he's used to moving with his whole body and like moving real awkwardly. And I just, yeah, they were all, that whole scene was just so, so well shot, so well acted. Just the little nuances here and there were just so good. Yeah, the moment that he, the moment after he, uh, after Bayfeld shoots the guy, and then he kind of just looks at Mando, and Mando's just like, okay, uh, okay. And then they just kind of like, they say so much without saying anything. Yeah, like he was looking at each other. And that's so interesting because, like, maybe him and Mayfeld wouldn't have been, I didn't think of this until now, but maybe they wouldn't have been able to make that connection if he had had the helmet on. Yeah. Yeah. Cause you, know? you would think that Mandalorian would be like super pissed off right there, <laughs> but he wasn't like it. He I did. Feel like he got it. He, I don't he, know. He had that understanding. And like, there's something there that I'm sure he's seen. The Mandalorians do a bunch of terrible stuff that took out some of his friends at one point too, maybe, you know, I mean, there's just, there's, there's so much. And then, all this tension, all this lead up, all this amazing acting. He shoots him, and then there's that little look between them. But then it shoots back to the stormtrooper who's got his little like food tray, <laughs> like he's at the cafeteria. He just has his like little food tray. And he looks up like, oh, <laughs> what just happened? <laughs> and then they take him out. They take the next dude out. They go outside. Fennec and Cara Dude start like picking people off. They're on this mm-hmm. like huge ledge. And then, yeah, they climb up. Boba Fett comes in, swoops in, picks them up. And then. Oh, and I loved, I loved when they were climbing onto the roof. Mando like yells back at Mayfeld and is like, hurry up or something. And he's like, what do you think I'm doing? So it's like, even after they just had that really intense emotional moment, he's still like, <laughs> like, yeah. you know, poking at him. I loved that. <laughs> exactly. The, the banter is I could uh, like, if they teamed, if those two teamed up and just did a whole series on their own, just the, oh, the banter between them would just be really, really good. It, it reminded me a lot too of like, Poe and Hux in the opening of The Last Jedi, just that funny like back and forth where you don't know if Mando knows that he's messing with him the whole time because he doesn't right. say anything back, but you're sure yeah. that he probably does. He's just like extra annoyed. So they jump into the Slave One and you think they're just going to go away. And then Mayfeld's like, hey, hand me that rifle. And Mandalorian, without hesitate, he's just like, yeah, here you go, do your thing, you know? And he shoots the big rhydonium tanks i guess if you want to call them that blows up everything more explosions and it was just like poetic justice right there where it's yeah. like after all that and it's just like now now i can go now yeah that, and like, he said he says to mando i have to be able to sleep at night yeah 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 Whew. it's it's Intense. heavy <laughs> and then so they take off in the slave one and then all that and we get like this really deep stuff, but they had to throw in one really cool Boba Fett thing. <laughs> like they had to be like, we can't go an entire episode without Boba Fett doing something like super cool. So <laughs> they go off. And of course, every time anyone escapes ever, there's always at least two TIE fighters that come after him. So two TIE fighters come up. 
he releases the seismic charge that just blows up the sound goes blank for a second and then we hear it like we've had so many times you know a couple times in star wars and just that whole my heart seriously just that whole that was one where i always watch the first time super early in the morning on my phone but that was one where when i watched it tonight on my big tv it was like Mm -hmm. is insane it was so good it just took me right back to being like i i i like vividly remember seeing attack of the clones in the the theater with my brother and i loved that sound so like being 12 years old i like loved that sound so to hear it again today it was just like thank you just give us one you don't even have to do it again i just wanted one (laughs) that's all i wanted (laughs) Nope. It's like last week we got Tamora Morrison back from the prequels. Oh this week God. we got Seismic Charge Blast back from the prequels. And oh yeah. Really and good. speaking of Boba Fett, I just wanted to say like I loved I, I know like some people were kind of like it's so crazy that like it's such a big deal that he's back and then this episode he didn't really do anything. I think that that's great. Yeah. Because it's still the Mando show. It's still Mando's story. We're learning so much. He's he's making a lot of moves in him and emotionally and, and is learning a lot. And I kind of like the fact that I feel like Boba Fett is almost like retired. Like he's just like, I'm, I'm just driving. I'm old and I'm just going to drive my cool ass ship and like do cool shit. And, you know, I'll be there if you guys need me, but like, I'm not getting out of the car, you know? (laughs) Yeah. Like I'm going to wait in the car. You guys go do the thing and then I'll come, I'll swing around and pick you up, you know, but I kind of love that for him. Like, I feel like he's earned it. Yeah. That's crazy, crazy shit. Like he's earned to just lay back in the slave one and just like, you know, yeah, that's a hundred percent. He's, he's earned you guys up in an hour, you know, (laughs) between him and uh, like Fennec Shan just being annoyed the whole time that she has to do this job. She's like, this is why, why did I, you know, why am I indebted to Boba Fett? Like, yeah, he gave me a new stomach and everything, but like, come on, we gotta do all this stuff. Like she does. I love the look that she, the look that she gives Mayfeld when at the very end, when she's going back in the ship, she just looks at him like, yeah, whatever, dude. He gives her the look like, what? Like, what did I do? I just helped out. We just did the mission, you know? Yeah, he's just like, okay, sorry. (laughs) It's really good. So then they, they, you know, after seeing everything that Mayfeld did and obviously what the Mandalorian heard him say and just see his story throughout, they decide to let him go and they're basically like, yeah, too bad Mayfeld died, you know, back in the next mm-hmm. He gets a new lease on life now. He's got a clean slate, like, as far as the New Republic knows or the Empire for that matter, like, he's he's dead. So it's, it's, he gets, he gets a new life and yeah, hopefully if that's the last we see of him and we just, maybe it won't be, I'd love to see more of him. And I think Bill Burr was so good in this episode, but yeah, if that's the last we see him and he gets that like somewhat quasi as, as happy as an ending as someone who was an ex Imperial can get, I'll be yeah. happy for him. So honestly, I want I, the second that it like ended on this second watch. I was like, man, I need a fan fiction to pick up right there and just go <laughs> let us know what happens next. You know? Yeah. hundred percent. And then 
they're like, okay, what's, you know, did you get the coordinates? What's our next plan or what's our, what's our next move? And man, I was like, right. yeah, I, I got him. And so it cuts to Gideon's ship going through hyperspace. And that ship, by the way, yeah. is just like terrifying. Yeah. It's so scary looking for me. For some reason, that ship looks scarier than like the dreadnought, which is like 40 bajillion times bigger. But like that Gideon's ship, like is frightening. Yeah. It's, it's such, mm-hmm. it's, it's, it has such a unique look to it too, that it's, it's like Gideon deserves that ship. Like that fits him. And then we get possibly the coolest hologram in the history of holograms and message because we're so used to seeing Snoke or the emperor, even like Phasma, you know, had some in like Star Wars resistance and like all, all of these mm-hmm. holograms that are like super dark and like real close up. And the ones that we're used mm-hmm. to seeing, republic wise or like resistance or whatever it's like leia where it's like full body shot or it's like this but this is like scary mando coming on screen and saying the exact line that gideon gives him at the end of season one where he's like he means more to me than you'll ever know i'm coming for it (laughs) like watch out i like this is happening and that whole and you can see like a little bit in Moff Gideon of like, oh, damn, damn. I think he was kind of impressed. He I was. feel like he, yeah. I don't think he was afraid because he's not, I don't think he's afraid of anything, but I feel like he was kind of like, all right, yeah. I don't know. That's an interesting move. Okay. And I'm going to, I'm going to kill you real, real good exactly. now. It, you know? It's the whole thing where it is an interesting move where it's like, why are you broadcasting that to him that you're coming for him? And, the whole thing, and, and I said it earlier, but it feels like taken. I, I will find you. I will, you know, take you. I have a particular set of skills. It, it felt very Liam Neeson and in, in taken, which shout out to Qui-Gon Jinn. But why did he brought to me? And like, I didn't think about it right away. But then thinking about it later, I was like, why would he straight up just tell him like, and you know, I'm coming for you. Mm-hmm. And to me, the fact that it was a hologram super up close of him in his armor was telling him, like, look out for me in my armor. Like, I'm coming for mm-hmm. you, Lorian. But whenever he catches up to him or gets to him or whatever, he might not be in that armor. Like we talked about the, last week, but I don't know. But the question is now, since he put his face in the ATM machine, which I know stands for ATM, like auto transactional machine machine if he put his face, <laughs> if he put his face in the imperial machine are they gonna have that face on file now they'll have the face but it doesn't tell them anything i don't since they don't know who he is like they still don't know that they still don't know what he he what the mandalorian looks like I don't know, but yeah, how that works and how uh, Imperial technology catches up to him. Cause there's gotta be a way you would think that you could figure out like, how would he get my coordinates? I'm still not sure how that internal hard drive quantum processor thing works. You know, like yeah, he just plugged it in and like, got this data. I I don't know. Whatever. I don't, I don't, I don't know. Was sure. The story, whatever. But yeah, it's, Star Wars, yeah. it's like, how's he, you know, either going to get on his ship or like catch up to him at the next planet. We only have one episode left and stop. I, I can't. I, I just, I still think 
he's got to get the child, I think, by the or maybe they were just like, hey, you know what? We're gonna butter you all up with ten new Star Wars. We're gonna distract you with all this stuff, so that way we can leave off season two, and Grogu is still with Moff Gideon. I don't. I think. I think he's getting him back. I think he's getting him back. Yeah, because the idea of them leaving Baby Yoda with the bad guys for eight months—that's they did announce next season is it's debuting on Christmas. So, like, what better Christmas present for next year? to get than baby Yoda being back. I just don't know. No, I they said that they said that it's on Christmas. Yeah, that's what they said the release date was. I'm I'm like 95% sure. No, I believe yeah. you. I just I must have yeah, been blacked got, out at the time. Yeah, it got pushed back. They they like stuck that in like, oh we're gonna push this back too. Oh months. my god. Yeah, so I don't know if that has to do with like COVID pushing schedules back or whatever. But yeah, true. But yeah, um, well anyway yeah, I mean, wow. Well, so then let's, should we just like move into, well, first of all, before we move into speculation, I want to just say also that like Giancarlo Esposito is so good. Like he didn't even have a line in that scene and his presence was just like so intense. And I, I was talking to somebody about this today that like, I feel like he's the kind of guy who like, he rides for that character like so hard like he's ride or die for Moff Gideon like and I feel like he's the kind of guy who in 15 years at conventions is still gonna be like you know he was just doing what he thought was right you know like he's gonna be defending Moff Gideon like forever and I love it I feel like he's so connected to that character like it makes me think of on the the Mando Monday where he was wearing the Moff Gideon shirt and like just like so good Ugh, he just like is just doing such a great job and he's such a good villain. Oh my God. I mean, I didn't watch breaking bad. It's too much for me, but I know he was really good on that too. And he's just good. He's just good in general. But anyway, so shall we speculate? Not that I don't even know. Like I don't go ahead. <laughs> I don't, I honestly, I don't know because the only thing I'm going to speculate on is like how, how big of an episode is this going to be? You know, because like this one got pretty small scale. It got like kind of back down to, you know, just a right. small little mission, but if they're also, who is the director? Yeah. 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 That's true. I, and, and how long is it going to be? Could they blow our minds? Be like, okay, last episode, it's an hour and a half. It's a movie. Here you or, go. Or like last episode, it's 18 minutes. Yeah, which would be so funny. Cause like, the the YouTube video. Yeah, exactly. But so for me in this episode, like we already have some foreshadowing with, the pull, the Beskar, right? Pull mm-hmm. that he has, or staff, yes. the Beskar staff that he has that survived. That was the only thing that survived the Razor Crest explosion. Moff Gideon has a dark saber. We have heard John Carl Esposito has been like, yeah, like I totally use it this season and getting some fights. So that's got to happen. And even in this episode on that train heist, he uses that spear thing that they have. Like yeah. he uses that a little bit. So we know that he is skilled also in that. So they're telling us because star Wars has been around long enough where they, they know now they have to like mm-hmm. give you a hint of, yeah, you've seen this before. So it's okay that it's happening now. Right. Cause that would, <laughs> yeah, that would exactly, happen yeah. in this episode. That would happen if the Mandalorian comes out and takes down Moff Gideon when Moff Gideon has the dark saber. It's like, 
well, he had the dark saber. How could someone that's never been trained in this, you know, like he's only shot guns. It's like, okay, well they gave us a little taste of it today, but I mean, yeah, I feel like it's, it's leading to that somehow. I don't know how he's going to get on his ship. I don't know how he's going to, I mean, I'm guessing Moff Gideon is going back to meet up with Dr. Pershing, right. To get some more, yes. more blood and, and some more M's out of baby Yoda. <laughs> So, I mean, I don't, I don't know, but Moff Gideon probably knows that he's tracking him now that he has his location where he could send him something. I I don't know. I mean, yeah, it's, I don't know. I just know it's going to be intense next week. Yeah. Like I I've got nothing. Do you think any of the previous characters are going to show up that we've seen? I go, I don't know. Like maybe. Yeah. Like, I, I feel like there might be a time jump or there's probably going to be a time jump to next episode. Um, and it will be at first, like last week I was like, okay, maybe he'll inf- infiltrate his ship somehow and get on there. Uh-huh. But I think now it has to happen like at a location that he uh-huh. has to somehow, but yeah. Is he going to use Bo-Katan? You know, I, I don't think Ahsoka is probably going to come back. Yeah. Cause it's like at this point, they're go- oh, is that what they were doing that Gideon they were going to where Dr. Pershing was or were they going to bring him to them because maybe we're going to go to a place like a place where Imperials are hanging mm-hmm. and imagine if it was Camino no yeah. no well we just saw Camino in the Bad Batch trailer so no yeah no I, no. It, I mean it very well could be and like what better way for Boba Fett <laughs> then to go back to his birthplace like literally where he was born that like talk about emotional like heavy stuff but yeah they just gave us a glimpse of animated Camino and Bad Batch so we it could be where they're going I mean that's that's the biggest cloning lab that we know of you know I mean the emperors on Exegol was pretty small. It's just a couple tubs of like Snokes. So it's, it's not very, <laughs> but Camino's like got a whole. So, and yeah, Pershing's got the patch. So we could be going to Camino. I, what if we see. Lama Su? No. Yeah. I hope we see it. Some Kaminoans. Lama Su is still there. I hope. Yes. I just want to hear that voice. Yeah. They're so oh. cool. I love. Yeah. That's, welcome back moff giddy yeah exactly <laughs> i i don't know i mean that it would honestly it would make a lot of sense and yeah it would it would add it would add a lot but and it's a big enough place to for them to sneak in somehow yeah i don't know there's gonna be a big fight i think they're gonna get grogu back and yeah, yeah. they'll set us up they'll leave us like they did last year with a cliffhanger. I don't think it's going to be like Grogu still missing. I think they'll get the child, but I think they're going to drop something even bigger for next season, mm. after, whether mm-hmm. that's a new character or whether that's like a new planet or, you know, whether that's good or bad, it could be something new Republic or, you know, I don't know. Yeah. Yeah. It's going to get intense. Is the director just going to be John Favreau? He just bookends it. I would be fine with that. I thought that's who it was originally who I read. Like, a while back and they got all the other directors correct, but mm. I don't trust anything. And, you know, until it's on screen, who knows? Could be anyone. It, it could be George. 
Nope. <laughs> I mean, Sorry, like, I said it out loud. Obviously, not going to be. And why would it? And why would he want that? You know, he doesn't need to do that. But I'm going to keep the dream alive. Yeah. I'll keep the dream alive until the name pops up at the end and then I'll move on. Yep. So George is, is so I'll move on to season three. George is directing and Chewie's gonna show up. So then we'll both be we'll both be good to go. Oh I, I didn't even realize that. We didn't see That's, Chewie this episode. They're gonna go to Kashyyyk. That's where they're gonna go. It's life day. It's a holiday. No. Yeah. No. Uh, okay. I think no. I think that's oh, where we, God, it's where too we much. I think that's where we need to cut off. So it's just, I mean, whatever it's going to be, it's going to be insane. And it's going to be something that we could not have handled today. So yes, after all of that, now we have a nice week. Let's take a week. Cool Let's off. just like think about the past yep. episodes that we've got from season two. And then we'll get our minds blown in six days. Absolutely. It's, it's coming. It's coming for sure. All right. Kara. Yeah. Thank you for coming back on the show once again. Can you tell the people where to find you and what you got going on? Yes. You can find me on Instagram only at <laughs> sacred something by Kara. Sacred something by Kara with a K. Uh, my holiday shops are still open. I'm going to be closing them on the 18th, which is Friday. Um, oh gosh, Friday. Well, we'll be, you know. Anyway, I'm closing the shops on Friday the 18th. If you want anything by the holidays, obviously order it soon. But after that, I'm probably not going to open the shops again for a while. I'm going to do some pretty big revamping in the new year. Maybe some rebranding. It's a it's a thing. That's kind of a that's kind of like an insider tip. But anyway. Um, so yeah, so I got my stuff out. Uh, January zine coming soon. Subscribe. It's going to be a fun year full of obviously clearly madness. Now we know. So yeah. And I'm on Patreon where I am just yelling about things all the time. So yeah. <laughs> Definitely follow Kara. Check out her holiday shop, get in there soon and get some stuff. I, I regret to inform everyone that I took the last Jar Jar Binks out of the limited edition print shop and it should arrive tomorrow. So yes, I'm very excited for that to get here. <laughs> so I can add Jar Jar to my collection. So happy that that's coming and also look for, I don't know when, but maybe in the next couple of weeks, maybe in the next month, we're going to be talking about a new thing that we're going to be doing on the podcast. It's going to be really exciting. And we are really looking forward to that as well. Mm -hmm. I'll put all of Kara's stuff in the show notes and you can follow the show on Twitter at force time pod. You can follow us on Instagram at force time pod. And I feel like the Bernie Sanders meme every week when I say this part, but I am once again asking you to leave a five-star review on Apple podcasts. <laughs> so I, I feel like I'm like talking into the like great unknown and I'm like sending Good out. Boy, a yeah. So um, <laughs> yeah, definitely check us out there. And until next time, may the force be with you. Yeah.